SB Nation and Underdog Dynasty present the Underdog Podcast. And welcome back to another edition of the Underdog Dynasty Podcast, AAC edition. My name's Dan Morrison. That's Emily Van Buskirk. How are you doing, Emily? I'm good. I, I wonder if there'll ever be a time when you ask me that and I'll be like, Dan, I'm just not doing well. I'm unwell. <laughs> I mean, it's a good thing that <laughs> no one's asking me that first thing because I probably would start with, yeah, life's pretty terrible, but you know, <laughs> eventually you die. So it's all good. Uh, no. I'm doing great. Yeah. That's good to hear. Mm-hmm. You're back from Jacksonville. You're back from Gainesville. You are no longer <gasps> yes. too jet lagged from that because I, I don't know if people know, but you're on the West coast. So when you come out to the mm-hmm. East coast for games, it's a trip. It's not pretty a- much when I go anywhere for any game, it's like literally the biggest trek because it's just hard to go back or forward in time and then come back. But I will say this, well, I was in Florida where the weather was terrible as per usual. I was sorry, it was terrible rain. I mean, I'm current, I'm based in Florida, but I'm currently in Massachusetts. Oh, okay. It's like visiting family. Uh, so okay. I've not been experiencing that like Florida weather the past couple of weeks. Um, it was so awful. I, I heard it was a terror, like a ton of, it's ton just, of torrential rain. I know the humidity. It's some humid. Don't like. Yeah, that's I don't like it, and it's oh. it's too much. I mean, it's I too much. So I come back home. I live in Northern California in um, Monterey area, and I came back home to literally the best weather ever because this is our summer right now in September October here in Pebble Beach. So I could not be happier. Yeah, I, I want to get back down to Florida as soon as possible. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be visiting family because that's how visiting family feels like when you don't have a physical <laughs> job. Fair. All my work is writing. All my work is freelance. I can work from anywhere. <laughs> so I feel it's just like, all right, you're here until you're not. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, it's going to get too cold for me up here soon, even though this is where I grew up. Um, we've got our week four preview of games, only eight games this week. Uh, UCF yeah. and Cincinnati on buys, plus we've got our first conference game. But before we get to that, I do want to talk about a little bit of news that came out for the conference. Uh, the conference board of directors voted to give Mike Oresco, the conference commissioner, a three-year extension through 2025. Uh, now, I wrote an article up where I kind of explained my thoughts on it, and I'll rehash them really quickly here. I, in general, think it's the smart move. This is someone who has a, you know, a current plan of action moving forward in a time that's very unstable for the conference. Uh, and that decision, therefore, is a stability decision. You're trying to make sure that there's not too much change at once. Uh, you know, you look at it. He's also his background is as a CBS sports executive before he became the American Athletic Conference Commissioner back in like 2012. It was actually mm-hmm. he was supposed to take over the Big East, but that's right when the Big East collapsed and you know, taking over the American. Uh, he's the only commissioner the conference has ever had. He negotiated a billion dollar TV deal. He knows the media market. He really invested in getting the Olympic sports and things like that, a little bit more visibility on streaming, which I think is a very good thing for Mm -hmm. the conference overall. Like, I think it's very, very good that, you know, uh, UCF women's volleyball is excellent. They win the conference. It's good that they're something that UCF fans can watch. It's good that baseball games for Tulane and ECU fans were, you know, they're the top of the conference there are much easier for them to watch. Of course, anyone else who likes these sports and just wants to watch them too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so I think those are all good things he's done for the conference. Uh, you know, you can't think, argue with facts there. I mean, those are, yeah, those it, are cold, hard facts. Exactly. <laughs> I, I think some people might have issue with the timing of it, because if you look at the way three teams have, as of two weeks ago, decided to leave the conference and yeah. 
you know, it's, it's a little not his fault though. It's like restructuring no. is inevitable. And exactly. if he can mitigate the damage and then present a strong front going forward, that makes him, you know, and he's the one who currently has a plan for that. If you go bring in a new commissioner, you're hitting like a year long reset button on that idea, whatever mm -hmm. planning you're going to be doing, which will probably put you behind on plans. And besides that, like you said, it's not his fault. If, you know, any group of five team could leave for a power five conference, they do it in a snap and there's nothing a conference commissioner can do to stop them. There just isn't, you know, mm -hmm. and the best thing he can yeah. do is play moving forward. I will say it's mildly interesting, I think. And I could be reading too much into this. The last time he got an extension was 2017. That was a five-year extension. This is only a three-year. Maybe that means they're saying we want to see the results of what's happening now a little bit quicker so that if we do have to make a change, we know we can do it without having to hold on too long. But that also could be reading too much into it. Um, but yeah, Mike Resco extended through 2025. Fun stuff for the conference. Do you have anything else to add? <laughs> no, I, I'm excited to see what he does moving forward, but he sounds like a, a stand-up guy. So he's fine. He's as good as <laughs> any other random commissioner that you I mean, you're talking have. to someone who had to deal with Larry Scott for many exactly. years. So he, pretty much anything is better than you that. Know, he's not Greg Sankey with the puppet strings everywhere, but he's also not Larry Scott fumbling around in yeah. his, his whatever you want to describe that um palatial office as just terrible terrible All right. things let's get into something a little bit more fun and that's those previews uh as usual we're going to go in order of when they occur i do want to give a rundown for our picks last week i was seven and three you were five and five you got too bullish on temple that's what happens yeah it happens to the best of us <laughs> i think um, it was the Tulane one that really killed me too but i, and, I also the Marshall. wrong i also picked Tulane on a which, in the indiana pretty much yeah, yeah. You know, I'm going to cut that real quick cut. I didn't say I picked Tulane. They can think I picked something else because that was a nasty, nasty game to have gotten wrong. Uh, oh, did you did pick Tulane, didn't I, you? I did. I'm just pretending that I didn't because it was oh, okay. pretty bad. I don't care. Okay. No worries. Uh, on the year, I'm 25 and 7. You're 19 and 13. So a little work to do. Gotta catch yeah, up. I'll make it up. I'm not worried. Yeah. I mean, you just got to keep picking uh, – the upsets and eventually you'll yeah big play. picks and eventually it'll come through that's what i'm learning so absolutely uh this first, week gives me a lot of opportunity so i think so once we get to you know conference play i think there's gonna be a lot of chances to catch up a lot of room for nonsense to happen you know yeah i'm excited absolutely uh our first game though is smu at tcu it's the battle mm -hmm. for the iron skillet one of my favorite trophies in all of college football it's up there with, uh, you know, the pig that they give out for Iowa, Minnesota, which has an official like name. Like a literal skillet, though, right? Like, it's, oh, no. it's so, just yeah, a pan. Like, yeah, so both schools can agree that that started in 1946, that they gave out a, the iron skillet as a trophy. SMU says it's because their fans were cooking frog legs in the iron skillet, and they kind of worked from there. Uh, which, you know, obviously, TCU, the horn TCU debates that and says there was just a mutual agreement between the two schools to use the iron skillet as a trophy. Both say 1946, believe who you will. Uh, unfortunately, though, this is a great rivalry, but TCU's dominated since the death penalty for SMU. And that's true from SMU and all things football is since they got the death penalty, they've had a hard time being good or consistent. They've understanding Dykes gotten that back up to that high level for the first time in 30 years. Uh, they won the last meeting 41 to 38 in 2019, didn't play last year because of COVID. Uh, but, you know, I think this is going to be probably the best matchup of the weekend, or at least the most exciting in the conference just off the top. Yeah, I, It's so funny. Like you think of 
Texas football. And I don't, I wouldn't immediately think of this game as something to get super excited for. But that being said, the more I read about this rivalry, like you said, the more interesting it is to me and and kind of the culture. And we've already seen a lot of shade being thrown around on Twitter. So I'm excited for the pettiness. A lot of that comes from where they're located, but you know, SMU's in Dallas, TCU's in mm-hmm. Fort Worth, and that's really basically the same kind of metro area, give or take a little bit of distance. Uh, you know, they were both in the Southwestern Conference for the longest time. SMU's death penalty obviously set them back, and TCU ended up going, they went their separate ways after the Southwestern Conference fell. You know, TCU was out in the Mountain West for a while. I think they're in the WAC, yeah. too, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you know, you had SMU and Conference USA, now the American. So it's, you know, but they've still managed to keep the rivalry going every year. And I think that just shows you how important it is to both schools. As for there the was game, a funny quote from SMU wide receiver, Rashi Rice. He said, after we won that skill, that they were scared to play us, it's always Dallas versus Fort Worth, but no one comes to Texas for Fort Worth. <laughs> It's true. which is funny because that's why I go to Texas. Like the funny part about that. <laughs> yes. Because first of all, like my favorite, if I were to rank cities in Texas, which right, would be a whole it. nother podcast. No, it'd be, it, it would take forever. I, but like, <laughs> <laughs> I like, I don't like Austin. So Austin's really? low on my list. Yeah. Not a huge fan. Um, it's very much like a Berkeley, but like in Texas and I, I'm not here for it. Um, I don't really care for Dallas that much. Like I would rather go to Fort Worth when I'm in that area because it's just more like real. I know Dallas is very bougie and it reminds me a lot of home and I just, it's fake kind of like going out in the restaurants and the bars and stuff. So I don't really like it. I like Fort Worth. I like Houston. I like Lubbock is probably my favorite, you know? So if we want to go into that, but I died when he said this because nobody comes to Texas for Fort Worth. I mean, those are fighting words. There's a Kennedy joke in there somewhere, but I'm not <laughs> quite getting there. Um, no, uh, I think it's it's going to be an incredibly fun game. And then it's at noon, which, you know, I think it's unfortunate that got put to noon because a lot of people don't think about the noon games as being like the game to watch that week. Mm-hmm. And I know it's an out-of-conference game. I know neither team's ranked, though SMU should be ranked, in my opinion. I think they're getting... Interesting. I think SMU's gained very little credit in the polls. Memphis as well, for that matter. Yeah. And it's... You know, I, I see some of these teams that are getting ranked and putting up there. Like, Virginia Virginia Tech was ranked 15th last week. For what? What yeah. good reason were they ranked that high? I think there's That's a fair. lot. It's the early part of the season, though, where they have to put every Power 5 team in the rankings first until they lose two games. And then eventually they'll get around to putting in the deserving teams. <laughs> I went back and looked at the preseason and there were five Pac-12 teams ranked. In the it's incredible, ranking. right? You know, and every like, year this Washington, happens. And I'm like, why do we do this? Washington, why? USC. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone was so high in Arizona State. And I'm not sure why. You know what I mean? Like, I know they've got. Herm Edwards has magic powers over the media. He just does. I mean, I've like, seen it. I've literally like seen a, it with my own two eyes. He's like a 500 coach at Arizona State. And I was like, there it is. They're going to be amazing. like 10 and 2 win the Pac-12. So, you know, Utah's disappointed out there a little bit. Oh, so like, did you see the news today about their quarterback? I did not. Uh, Charles he, Brewer. Brewer. So he has resigned from the team. He's just gone. And this is the so second quarterback why. to do that. Yeah. they. I mean. He's got a career of concussion, like a history of concussion. Yeah. So and, you know, I don't know if you saw the Middle Tennessee quarterback. Same thing. He just middle resigned from game. the team. Middle of a game. Yes. And he's yeah. saying, you know, to focus on his family. I think that Brewer's the same way, but they haven't. I don't think there's been a statement as of right now as to why, but he's 
gone. So a lot of, very a lot weird. Of, it is a weird situation out yeah. there. Um, you know, but, that, that whole conference, you know, Washington's obviously disappointed. They're basically Oregon and a bunch of confusion right now. Yeah. And yeah, UCLA just lost to Fresno State, who is very good. Not that's we're a, we're completely off the rails already, but like yeah, sorry. Fresno okay, State's, let's get Fresno back. State, that's a team that deserves to be ranked, I think. You know, they barely lost to Oregon. They've been very good otherwise. I like I don't them. know. I don't know. It's it, if like you're saying that plot. someone should be ranked because there's teams that are ranked that shouldn't be ranked, that's one thing. But saying that a team deserves to be ranked, in my opinion, should mean that they're able to compete with the Alabamas, the Floridas, the you know Well, no, I'm not saying they should be top ten. I understand, but to me, earning a ranking means that you could at some point compete with teams like that. And I don't like, I understand what you're saying because they, sh it should be them over some of the other ridiculous teams that are ranked. I get that, mm -hmm. but I just don't operate on that level. I'm like, if you're going to be ranked, you need to be able to compete with the top five. And if you can't, then there should only be five rankings. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I agree with that. <laughs> just burn it all down, Dan. Just burn it all down. <laughs> Sure, sure. It's, All right. Who are you going to take, SMU? It's at TCU. I'm taking SMU. Both teams undefeated. We haven't even We're actually talked SMU. about the actual game at all. <laughs> like, what's going to happen? That's all. I, I mean, it's, I think it, what it's is SMU, there to say? SMU's explosive offense versus uh, Gary Patterson's mm -hmm. thought on defense. He's a very good de uh, defensive mind. Uh, what does Max Duggan look like? Can you contain him? He's got a good, good dual threat to it there. I've talked about the game itself and what's going to happen on the field. SMU's yeah. my pick. Going with the conference. Uh, that's really tough for me because I like Gary Patterson. I'm going to go TCU. Okay. I just think the SMU has been so close to losing so many times that this is going to be the one that they don't okay. luck me, their way out of. Let me ask you this quick question about okay. Gary Patterson. Do you think it's time <laughs> uh -oh. for him to retire? Because I've like over the past few years, it's looked like there's a decline in the product from TCU overall. I mean, That's don't get fair. me wrong. He, he's a legend and you're not going to force him out and you're not going to fire him by any means. Oh. He gets to go until he's completely done. But mm -hmm. like how much longer does he have in him? That's a good question. Uh, I guess I would have to look at, I haven't like, you're right. It's been a decline for sure, because there was a time they were ranked like fourth in the nation and not in the last couple of years. So yes, anytime that you fall out of that in Texas, there's a question mark. But I think the thing about Gary Patterson is he wins key games that keep him going. Yeah, and this would be Texas one of those games. the conference because he's, yeah. he will not be able to say, I beat Texas every year anymore. Right. It's like, so he wins games that he's supposed to, even though he doesn't finish necessarily with a record that he should. But mm. this kind of game, an SMU, like an in-state, really 10-mile-away rival, like if he wins this game, that gives him – kind yeah. of accolade in in the area so it, it is a big boost to win this game and like i said since yeah. you know his entire time there plus you know since the death penalty tcu really has dominated this game yeah uh, it's the know, 100th meeting by the way which is kind of fun it is fun um definitely <laughs> i definitely i don't know the full slate of like every other conference's noon games you know notre dame wisconsin's on at noon too because that's the big noon kick interesting notre dame wisconsin i'm gonna have to watch it because i do notre dame stuff but it's gonna be such a boring game watch this mm. game instead if you have the chance it's gonna be so but there's fullbacks in the wisconsin game so yeah. i'll be watching that uh, i mean i'm gonna watch both of them but that's just like <laughs> i'm telling you this one's gonna be the more fun one to hey watch. this is like way too much time on smu to, to see you so we'll we'll, we'll move quick because this is let's an go. fcs game it's wagner at temple yeah yeah um tough I, 
uh, I think I want to see a couple specific things from Temple because there's still definitely issues that are going on there. I want them to figure out the running game because they couldn't get started at all in uh-huh. either of their games against Rutgers or BC. It was just, you know, in the mud. Yeah. Uh, I want them to be just on the offensive line, especially more physically dominant. I don't want their uh, offense and special teams to force their defense into short fields because that's the thing they've been doing in their games against, you know, decent competition. Yeah. And, I, and I want them to move Justin Lynch out of the pocket more. I want them to get him rolling out. I think he's a pretty accurate quarterback, but I don't think they're putting him in a position to succeed right now. Yeah. And that's everything I have to say. Temple's going to win the game. It's interesting. There's not a whole lot to go off for this matchup because it's the first time the schools have played each other. Um, like you said, FCS opponent. So you know, I agree with you. You need to see more from Temple. That's kind of a given. They they go and host Memphis the next game. So this really for them. Issues, though. It's it, this is a big game for them. They have yeah. to put it together because Memphis is going to be tougher oh, than Memphis maybe not Boston College, but well, you think uh, I think Memphis is tougher than BC right now because BC starting okay. quarterback sort of jerk Vic was healthy. I think BC could have named their number against Temple, to be honest. Yeah. But Grossell did not play very well in that game as the backup. Uh, so I just I want to see Temple like get a first down in the first quarter. That yeah. uh, that would be, I was just, that would be ideal. I was like going back over their game against BC yesterday, and I saw something that they had like six yards passing in the first half. Yeah, it was insane. They, they're too insanely, slow. Yeah, insanely slow. Drink some Red Bull. I don't know. Take wake up. Yeah. Do do something, but get going. Take some pre-workout. Yeah. I don't know. Just do get some jumping going. jacks in the yeah. tunnel. Just get the <laughs> juices flowing. Just start punching each other in the tunnel and get it like get fired up because they got to come out. They need to show that they can at least start a game well. And I think yeah. if they want it bad enough, you have to be in that position. So we'll see. They should definitely win. I'm going to pick Temple as well, but okay. I would like to see a better first half. So I absolutely agree with all that. Uh, our yes. first, our three thirty game, our only three thirty game in the conference is UTSA at Memphis. Uh, you just spoke to Memphis defense coordinator uh, McIntyre, uh, like right before we started recording this. Actually, I'd love to hear some of what you two talked about before. Yeah, it was great, Coach Mac. Um, always a good. We try and check in, you know, a little bit. Um, former Pac twelve friends there, so I, I keep tabs on him. And he, we talked about the Mississippi State game, which obviously was crazy. And I, I wanted to hear his opinion on it. Um, I even, you know, kind of dr- tried to draw it out of him uh, the, uh, about the punt at the end. And and he was just very complimentary of all the special teams coaches because special teams played such a big role in that game from the field, the 51 yard field goal uh, from a guy who's a punter, not only not a kicker, but he is now their kicker. Um, so that was cool. And then, you know, we talked about what happened on, on the punt return and, and McIntyre was a punt returner himself um, and was extremely proud of Calvin Austin. I mean, he said the wherewithal that that young man showed to notice what was going on, to see that they hadn't, you know, picked the ball up and then pick it up himself and run it back. It was an incredible show of intelligence um, and just quickness. So he was very, very excited about it. They definitely have a little bit of swagger heading into this week. He said UTSA is, is a concern. They're not 
at all looking, you know, they're they're very much getting ready for it because they know that UTSA has been good. This, it's a it's a battle of undefeated teams. Mm-hmm. So whoever one team's coming out of it with a loss, and they don't want to be that team. So he said they're very good on the run. Luckily, Memphis ranks second in the conference in rushing defense. Mm-hmm. So they've been pretty good with that. So they're focusing a lot on the pass rush and, and getting to the quarterback with some blitzes. Mm-hmm. So Awesome. Yeah, I know Frank Harris is a pretty fun quarterback, left-handed, if I'm not mistaken, uh, quarterback for UTSA, number zero. And I was like, how could you be scared of a guy named Frank Harris? It's like not scary at all. Well, he's got a little roadrunner on his helmet, you see, and that's the intimidating part. A little meet me. He's just like he's just Frank Harris. He's just Frank. All right. He's not he's <laughs> Frankie boy. Don't build him up. <laughs> I will say it's something I want to see uh the roadrunners are get a good amount of pressure on their defensive line at quarterbacks. So I do want to see how Memphis protects Seth and again who you know, they got to play uh, Mississippi State, and obviously that's an SEC defensive line. But, you know, he was under pressure for large chunks of that game. He didn't – he looked like a freshman when he was, so they need to protect him a little bit better too. Uh, you know, I do think Memphis is just the more talented team overall, though, and yes. I think that's what it comes down to is one team's a little bit faster, one team's a little bit bigger, one team's a little bit stronger. I, you know, I trust Memphis to win this game at home. I do too. And especially like you said, at home, that's such a big yeah. deal for them because they clearly play incredibly well when they're in front of their home weird crowd. Thing, yeah. and weird things happen in the Liberty Bowl. Yeah. Weird, weird things. They don't have a stadium DJ per se from what I was told, but they play some specific song in the fourth quarter. They told me on radio this morning, I can't remember, but apparently it gets the crowd going. So I'm excited to go check it out at some point this season. I mean, yeah, plus, you know, get to enjoy all the good barbecue there. Our 5 o'clock oh, game is man. Arkansas State at Tulsa. I think this Wait, is we're a... both going Memphis, right? Yes, I took Memphis as okay. well. Okay. I thought I, I heard you took them right. too. Yes. Well, Ar- yes. <laughs> I, I, I do like UTSA and Conference USA, but Memphis is better than mm-hmm. them uh, for what okay. it's worth. Uh, Arkansas State at Tulsa. Tulsa's yes. got to have this one, don't they? They got to. That You can't go into conference play on four. It's I don't just, know. Arkansas State is. Arkansas <laughs> I keep State's, picking them. I feel so weird about Arkansas State right now. I think Arkansas yeah. State's got absolutely no defense to speak of, is what I've decided. Right. Uh, you know, just back to back weeks where they let up fifty five to Memphis and fifty two to a Washington uh, to a Washington team that had scored seventeen points all season, and it's not just like seventeen points to like two really good defenses. No, they also played Montana of the FCS, and I respect Montana as a program but they're in the big sky conference. They're not like, it's not like they wouldn't have played someone in the, you know, the big 10, like Wisconsin, who does that to you? You know what I mean? They, it just yeah. shouldn't happen. Yeah. Uh, so the fact that they had that many points against Arkansas state to me was shocking, frankly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Arkansas state only got to three against Washington, <laughs> which was. They gave was up 600 sh- total yards of offense. <laughs> it was just like this. I was just shocked with that score. The, it was just the way the first couple weeks had gone. And it's why this sport has such small sample sizes and can be hard to judge sometimes. Because sometimes you know, it's, it's the sample size is just too small to know who a team is. It's crazy because I look at that number, the 600 total yards of offense to Washington. And to be fair, Oregon gave up like 612 yards of offense to Ohio State, but still won. And for some reason, that doesn't sound as bad as the 600 yards. So what is 600 yards really is the question. I think yardage is a really bad way to judge a team's defense. Mm -hmm. And I know I'm guilty of using it at times because it is. Because it's a stat and it's there and it's a number. It matters to a degree. Defensive points allowed are really the much more important way to judge a team. Like 
take out okay. pick sixes, scoop and scores, you know, special teams points, uh, not field goals, but like special teams, like kick returns and whatnot. Yeah. And if you look how many points did they actually allow, it's just, and then I look at turnovers as, and uh, then like tackles for loss slash sacks is my like three metrics that I really like to judge a defense on when I like come down to it, because are you letting them into the end zone? Are you doing things to put them out of rhythm? And are you doing things to take away possessions? Or I think the things you should judge a defense on as a rule is the yardage, just the way the college game is now, you know, a lot of teams are built. Are you, they just said, you know, you're going to get down to our 30, but we're going to hold you to a long field goal every time. And you've got a college kicker and we'll see how it goes. You know what I mean? We, do, yeah. we just don't want to let you be explosive against us, which is what a lot of offenses are trying to do is just be explosive against you. Uh, and it's a really difficult thing to balance out because there are still coaches who want to not give you an inch. So, yeah, you know, there's, there's different mindsets of a team. You kind of have to judge a team based on what its goals are as well. So it's complicated. That's My biggest thing with Tulsa in this game is I want to take them. I'm assuming you're taking them. I, to this point, have not decided who I'm taking. I'm okay, well, so here's my here's my two cents about it. I want to take Tulsa because I think they, I do in my heart think they're going to win, but my my reservation about them is their fourth quarter play. They're, they give up too many points at the ends of games. Which is funny because it's like the exact opposite of them last year. They yeah, it's bizarre. The quarter last year in the fourth quarter, they were a, And it a started slowly. It was like, when they played uh, UC Davis, they gave up points in every quarter. So I was like, okay. But then they played Oklahoma State and they gave up 21 fourth quarter points. And then they could jump out to this lead over Ohio State, giving everybody this hope. And then, you know, that happened. So it makes it really hard for me to trust. They're giving me trust issues. No, I've got no. That's my thing is I think Tulsa's the better team overall. I just don't trust them. Like, that's what I'm saying is like, I don't, exactly. like, I want to pick them, but I can't. And my thing with yeah. Arkansas State is they've got two quarterbacks who they like to play both of Lane Hatcher and James Blackman. Mm-hmm. I like James Blackman. I know people are not sold on him, but I, I like him. I think he's a very. I, I like them both, to be honest yeah. with you. Uh, you know, against Memphis, we saw them throw for over 500 yards on that defense that held, you know, Mississippi State's air rate to like 300 something. Again, I just said yards are a bad way to judge a thing, but that's 500. It's a massive number of passing yards to give up. It just is. Um you know, and plus, like I mentioned, the 50 points. Right. So what are the, what, what are they on offense? I don't know. I think Arkansas state's probably pretty bad on defense. I, you need a big day from your secondary, in my opinion, if you're Tulsa and you need just to get the offense figured out and put together a little bit more consistently because the offense is, you know, was it 20 points or so against Ohio state, less than that against Oklahoma state, less than that against, you know, UC Davis put it together and score some points on offense. I'll pick Tulsa, but I'm not happy about it. <laughs> I wonder if I should pick UTSA just to make it interesting. Arkansas State. and no, just- I'm sorry. Yeah, Arkansas State. I'm looking yeah. at the... <laughs> I do that um, all the time. It's fine. I don't know, though, because Arkansas State has burned me as well recently. Um, the yeah. Washington game is was awful. So I'm going to go Tulsa as well. I think okay. this is going to be it for them. They're home. They need this win more it, than UTS, a, or more than Arkansas State does. So. It's a must win. Because like I said, you can't go into American Conference play if you're Tulsa at 0-4 business, and your chances of making yeah. a bowl game are just slim to none at that point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And just it's tough. And, you know, I got to imagine Felt Montgomery feels some kind of pressure about it right now. Um, our six o'clock game that we've got here is Charleston Southern at ECU. Um, 
ECU's last out of conference game, a chance to get to 500 out of conference, which is what I thought they needed to do. I didn't, mm-hmm. I thought it would go a little bit differently how they got there, but here we are with that opportunity to do so before conference play. Uh, yeah, they just need to play consistently on both sides of the ball. You know, maybe try to bring that South Carolina defense and that partial offense to the game and balance that out with a full team effort, but they shouldn't have too much of a problem here. I don't think. Yeah, it's, it's not, it's, I don't know much about Charleston, to be honest. We just got the game notes um, for ECU. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying desperately to look for anything that might be of interest, but it's really, there's just not a lot there, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, this is going to be a game. It's an ESPN plus game. It's going to be a game. Very few people actually tune in to watch just by its nature. Um, You know, I think that, like I said, for, ECU, it's kind of, it's similar in a way to what Temple and Wagner is. It's figure out the things that you're doing wrong and correct Mm -hmm. them in this game. Use it like a scrimmage before conference play. Enjoy the win, get to 500. Uh, Don't overlook them. I think that would be a really, really uh, easy thing to do and a really, really dangerous thing to do with SAC. To look past them, Charleston Southern themselves, they're not like a world beat of a program though. They're not a top FCS program year in, year out. It's not a game that, like, I know ECU occasionally will play like a James Madison, and that just makes no sense to me whatsoever. Yeah. You know, just don't play those teams that can beat you realistically. (laughs) Your boy Holton, uh, Holton, uh, honor roll honors this week for American Athletic Mm -hmm. Conference, 30 of 47 for 360 yards and two touchdowns. I know we talked about it in the, in the review, but I wanted to reiterate whole nailers just just, and, you know, and he heard the, the podcast. Is, he was like, I got to come with it. So, and, you know, the truth is he's capable of doing that most weeks. He just mm-hmm. doesn't put it together consistently. And that's where I get, fr- that's why I get frustrated with his plays because he really isn't a guy who, who should be playing poorly or as poorly as he does week to week and like making his kind of silly mistakes as he does. Uh, by the way, Charleston Southern is one and one on the season with a win yeah. over the Citadel and a big time loss against Monmouth last week. This is just a tough one again because it's the first time that these two have met in football. Um, but I guess Mike Houston has faced Charleston Southern three times during his 11-year head coaching career, that would make sense all while leading yes. the Citadel. Yeah. Yes. So when he was coaching the Citadel, he has coached against them. Um, so I and it looks like he he's beaten them. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, it looks like they beat them all three times. So that's that's got to be a nice little thing to have your coach familiar with the opponent you've never played. Yeah, definitely. We like that. So we're both taking ECU. Yeah, I think that's the safe okay. place to be. Uh, our 7 o'clock game went to the primetime slots here. It's our first conference game of the year. Ooh. It's Navy at Houston. Uh, I do have some thoughts on Navy. Uh, I don't know if you want to go first, but I'm pretty upset with their whole offensive coordinator situation there to be honest i know we talked about it a little bit uh, a couple weeks ago now because they uh, had the bye week but the athletic director firing an offensive coordinator the more i think about it, the less it sits right with me because there's just it's not your place to do that kind of change to make that kind of change it just isn't it's nothing that happens in college football at any level it's, this isn't like a special service academy thing it just doesn't happen it shouldn't happen and then the fact it was to Ivan Jasper, a guy who's been at the Naval Academy for 20 years as an you know, assistant coach. And for like as long as Ken Niamatolo has been the head coach, has been the OC. 
no one knows that offense better than he does in the country. Like I just guarantee it. There's no changing him out is not the solution to the problem out with that offense. He's also just a genuinely great person, which isn't something you always get to say for football coaches. A lot of them are, you know, they're people, but Ivan Jasper is a genuinely great person. So I just hate that whole situation. I think it's a, probably a precursor to him trying to force Nia Matalolo out, which is a mistake because he's an absolute legend at the Naval Academy. And I think you're going to see a ton of backlash if you do that. And on top of that, who wants to go coach at the Naval Academy if you have an athletic director that interferes with your staff? No one. Absolutely no one. No one wants to do that anywhere. Like Exactly. Like anywhere you go where the athletic director or boosters are like choosing your staff for you, it is harder to hire someone. It just is. Look look how hard of a time. Look at USC. USC. Look, I was going to say Tennessee. Look how hard of a time they are. Just in the past few times they fired coaches trying to find a replacement because there's too much meddling and you don't want to, if you're in the Naval Academy, you already have a lot of unique challenges that limit your coaching pool to begin with. Well, don't add other challenges to hiring a good candidate. It's just, that's nothing to do with this game coming up, except for the fact that Kenny Matalo is now calling plays instead of Ivan Jasper right. because they didn't, when they fired him, they didn't have a replacement. Uh, uh, Gladchuk, the uh, AD there didn't have a replacement in mind. He just wanted to fire the offense coordinator. So now Kenyon Matalolo has to be the OC too, and they retained him as quarterbacks coach, which it's just, it's just a mess. I'm interested to see what Navy looks like after the bye week and all that turmoil on offense. I think it'll look very bad, to be honest with you. I think they're, they're triple. I think you off. just like saying the head coach's name because you can actually say it, and I can't. So just call him Ken. I I will never <laughs> coach <Okay>. N. <laughs> I could, if I tried, I could practice and get it. Cause that's what we did with Tua. It took forever mm-hmm. to learn how to pronounce Tua Tagovailoa's name. Um, and I we mean, even asked him at the Heisman, how you pronounce yeah. it. And he walked us through it, but yeah, I mean, I've been doing enough stuff with the American and Notre Dame who obviously plays Navy annually that I've just gotten it over the years. Uh, like anything else, there's a, you know, Hawaiian names are tough, but. Well, it's impressive know. how, how you nail it each time. So uh, yeah. Like I said, it's just the professionalism I bring. Um, <laughs> for the, for the uh, I think Navy has an edge here because they you did do. have extra time mm-hmm. to figure That's their true. shit out. <laughs> and although Houston is the better team, I don't know that it's by a huge margin. <laughs> so. I've got, yeah, I mean, the triple option is always insanely tough to play, even mm-hmm. when Navy's not that good, because you're going to get cut blocked and you're going to get put in positions where you're designed to fail. Uh, we're, one of Navy's main issues this year is they're not getting any push on the offensive line. Their their blocking just isn't good enough. It's not at its standard, as, you know, and they're having trouble getting to that third option on the triple. It's a lot of fullback quarterback keeper right now. They're not getting it to the uh, wingbacks on the outside. If Houston can keep them from being able to do that, they'll continue to shut down that Navy offense though. Yeah, I think it's, this is the tough situation is like Houston, obviously, um a better team i think more more talent but like you yeah. said navy makes it harder on teams and then houston is coming off this win of grambling state which okay was great it was a feel-good win you but see things clicking right and it's kind of a false sense of security to be lulled into after a win like that which yeah. is why this is kind of the perfect storm for navy if they were to win a game or upset somebody this might be the situation so yeah i'll, I'll say this for houston you should have been texas tech you blew it in the second half then yeah. right Rice is frankly not very good and Grambling is, you know, an FCS school. So I, you don't have an impressive win yet. You don't 
You just don't if you're Houston. And Clayton Toon, I know Dana said, oh, he's fine, but he pulled up uh, with a type of some leg issue against scrambling and didn't go back into the game. I'm sure he'll be the quarterback against Navy, but if he doesn't have his mobility, he loses a huge facet of his game. And, you know, the other thing, if yeah. you want to try to talk yourself into a Navy upset, the one thing Toon doesn't handle well is pressure. And Navy, Brian Newberry, their defense coordinator, is one of the best defense coordinators in the conference at disguising pressures and bringing pressure really creatively. So that could be an issue too. With all that being said, I do think Houston wins this game because I think they're just the more talented team. I don't know that Navy scores. I don't think Navy can score enough points to keep up with them. So you're going to go Houston. Yeah, I am. Ooh, I want to pick Navy so bad. Just to... <laughs> oh, I'm going to pick Navy. I'm doing it. For it. Pull, pull the trigger. I am. I'm doing it. Pull the trigger. Uh, <laughs> For what it's worth, I really do like Navy, and I do want them to succeed. I just don't think that they've got the, you know, the capability of in this game. Um, <clears throat> moving on to our eight o'clock game, UAB at Tulane. This is exciting because Tulane's back at Yulman. They're back in New Orleans, and I think that's going to be just a really great scene after the hurricane and just getting back home. First off, uh, UAB coming off a really dominant win over North Texas. They're a very good conference USA team and have been for years now. Rumors that they might be a, an American conference team coming not too long down the uh, pipeline for those who are interested in such things, but that's all rumors right now. Uh, what do you think about this game? I'm excited for Tulane to be back home. And I know the guys are really excited mm -hmm. to be sleeping in their own beds. We, we touched a little bit on it you know, in the, in the recap <clears throat> podcast, but I have to imagine that this is going to be where we see them start to rebuild things together. The Ole Miss game was so tough, you know, mm -hmm. and to cap off a month of them living out of this hotel, this unfinished hotel, mm -hmm. you know, um, it's got to get better. Like I have to, I know UAB is this like darling from, Conference USA, like Conference USA, and everybody loves them. I'm not sold. I've never been sold on them, and I've well, seen them play. I think person. what people really like about UAB is the story behind the program getting shut down. You know, coach stays yes. through the program being shut down, and then they're successful in competing for and winning Conference USA once they come back almost right away. I think that's really what people love about them. Uh, yeah. I, I agree with I'm not sold on them as a team this year necessarily. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think they've played a particularly tough schedule to this point, though they are, if I'm not mistaken, two and one, and they got smacked by Georgia. Mm -hmm. Just like that was Stetson Bennett throwing for like 300 yards on six completions or something crazy like that. It was yeah. that kind of game for them against, but Georgia's also like the number two team in the country. Yeah, Georgia's good, you know, and I feel like Tulane played Oklahoma better than UAB played Georgia. So, oh, that's definitely true, but I also think you look at Oklahoma is not as good as Georgia. I, I agree, but they're but, they're in the the same field. I, I get of teams. Those, those kind of traditionally elite teams, right. or at least recently elite. You know, Georgia. Yes. Not, sorry, Georgia fans, you're not actually traditionally elite. You're just SEC. Um, <laughs> it's true. Though. That is funny. I mean, it's it's not untrue. That they've is had, fair, they've so. had good years throughout their history, but you're not like you're not Alabama. You're yeah. not even Tennessee in terms of traditionally elite. Tulane's going to need to come out. Like if anything, we know about this UAB team. It's that if you come out quick on them and put them on their heels, they'll roll over from what we saw in the Georgia yeah. game. So not, not that Tulane is Georgia, yeah. but they do have the tools 
to mm-hmm. come out and play fast like that. They did it at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I this, don't know what happened on Miss. I think a lot of a confluence of things. I think the weather delay, I think being away from home for so long, I think Ole Miss just being a really, we talked about, they're just a nasty team to play. And I think they're also an incredibly talented team to play. That's going to be right there at the top of the SEC. I think it's just a perfect storm of, they got smacked pretty good in the first like quarter or so. And then it was just, let's get through this. You know, unfortunately, I think that was kind of what happened. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, But with that being said, there's a lot of big plays to be had on UAB's defense. If you want them, you know, I think that Tulane does have the athletes to go grab those big plays. I think that there's a lot of momentum to be had from being back home. I think there's a lot of emotion behind that. I do think Tulane wins this game. Interesting. Okay. So you're going to take Tulane. Yeah. I, I do really like UAB though. I think it's going to be a very good close game. I'm also going to take Tulane because I never pick against Tulane. So yeah, we'll see when that it's changes. Just a, one of my rules I live by. <laughs> no way. I don't well, think there's going to be a chance for me to pick against them. So I, there's going to be opportunities where it's the smart decision. I'm sure. Mm, we'll see. I'm not always smart. So here we are. Uh, <laughs> last game. Without, yes, last game. Everyone's <laughs> favorite USF Bulls at the BYU Cougars. Uh, that sounded sarcastic, Dan. What? They're everyone's <laughs> favorite. Are they? Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, it's fine. The USF fans are the only ones who ever talk to me, anyways, on Twitter. <laughs> They're never happy. I I'm like I'm sad for them this week. I they like have this game where they they get their win and just got wins over his former teammates. Like a lot of feel good energy coming out of this week. But how do you prepare for a hurricane? How do you prepare for an earthquake? Like you you can't really like you just have to ride it out. And so that's I think right and get smacked really really bad. I think yeah, I know. And that's got to be a shitty feeling for the players and the coach to head into a game like that. Well, I'd like to think they don't think that you're not supposed to think that if you're playing, I know that human nature says you're (laughs) kind of aware of the reality, but like, you've got to have more confidence in yourself. It's okay. If I've got, if I have no confidence in you, I'm just some guy. If you have no confidence in yourself, well, that's really sad USF, you know? Uh, no, um, it's like it, when you pick a fight right. with a bully, like, you know, it's going to hurt, you know, or you put your hand near the flame on a stovetop, it's going to hurt you and y- yeah. you do it, but USF it just sucks. To, it just sucks to have to walk into a big 12 stadium, look around at what a big 12 crowd looks like and go, man, not us. That's not us. I, I bet, uh, BYU is one of it was. And I don't like it because I don't think a BYU is a B- big 12 team. I'll never think of them that way. Yeah, but I can't I don't think stand. Of, I don't think of Cincinnati as a big 12 team either, but you're yeah, going to get, get used to it over time. You know, I, no, I never, I'll never, ever, ever I, get used I, to BYU. Ever. I still don't even really think of Louisville as an ACC team or West Virginia as a big 12 team either. Like these don't necessarily yeah. fit or Maryland in the big 10. I still, if you said what conference is Maryland, I might need your can say ACC. Like it, the Big Ten, Maryland. That's what I'm saying. It's like I might need jerk and get them okay. in the wrong conference. Like it's okay. just that happens. Like as conference realignment happens, some teams you adjust to, some teams it feels like you don't. You know what I mean? Like I adjust. Do you think like, that there's anything that South Florida could do to win this game? No, um, I, I don't. To be honest <laughs> with no. you, I mean, I, you got to leave Timmy McLean in the game. You decided last week he's your starter going forward. That's fine. I've been saying you have Timmy. to. Choose. 
I've just, I've been saying since the start of the season, choose Cade Forden or McLean. I thought it was going to be Forden just the way they introduced him at the start of the year as a starter, the way he started the first two games. It's I fine. knew it was going to be Timmy. I knew and it. He is more dynamic. And, but you know I mean? Like it's going to be really bad for him. He's going to get hit a lot. He's going to probably make a bunch of turnovers in this game. You got to right, not listen, take, let, you can't come in and out with that kind of thing. So let me give you this though. Revenge is the name of the day because BYU hosts UCF for the first time in program history, but the bulls shocked everyone by upsetting BYU in 2019. I remember that. So that can you chant the big question is, can Jeff Scott channel you know, is he showing that film all week? Is he channeling that? Look, it has been done. We can do it again. You know, obviously that's kind of all you have to go off, off to. That, but um, that, we have to remember that BYU team was fine, but they were so not, they were just not nearly as good as this current BYU team. Uh, the reality is this current BYU team is worlds ahead of that one from a couple of years ago. And besides Charlie Strong ain't walking through that door, South Florida fans. He's the one who won that game, that Jeff Scott. Uh, Jeff Scott needs his first FBS win still at, as head coach at USF. Like, it's a well, lot of- Well, magic can happen. So, like, if this is the craziest upset ever, we're going to be coming back next week and being like- We'll say one other thing. Do you think altitude's going to affect USF in this game? Because I think that they're going to be out of breath and, like, surprised with how low their energy levels are. Uh, BYU's altitude in Provo is 4,551 feet the city of Tampa's 48 feet. I think it's going to be like notable how like, no, every time I go to Utah, it's not that noticeable. Um, I mean, I think that's notable if you're from Florida, I really do. I know they play in the swamp. So honestly, I don't but think it gets a, it's worse. It's a different type of breathing though, is my point. Like, yeah, I think, but I'm saying if you can breathe through, I don't, I don't think um, they'll be cramping humidity. up. Oh, see, I think I'm sure they've much. been adjusting for it. Like I'm sure they've taken steps this week to, to train for that somehow. I don't know. Oh, is it Wyoming that's got like a sign in the visitor's locker room asking if it's hard to breathe yet? I think. I have not heard that. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure Wyoming's got a sign in the visitor's locker room asking them about their breath, like in a kind of taunting way. Kind of like a, not too different than how like Iowa throws the, uh, painted the entire visitor's locker room pink to try to throw them like off. like you can only do that if you're like a good team. And I don't know if Wyoming Wyo is that. Wyo Wyoming's pretty good this year. Oh yeah, are they? Yeah, they're pretty good <laughs> I didn't this year. Know that. Craig, Craig Bull. I haven't quite you know. made it on my radar yet. So, well, well you know, because they're not ranked in the AP poll, because uh, the voters don't watch Wyoming football, but they don't. They no. really don't. Uh, no. All right. Well, I'm going to so take BYU, here. obviously. Yeah, so am I. Uh, and again, I'm not trying to be mean, but I just mm -hmm. don't see how USF has any, has any shot. This game is going to be late at night, though. So the good news is no one's going to see it on the East Coast, anyways. Um, yeah. All right, and those are our games for this week. If you're trying to catch up, you only have one game that was different for me this week, so, you know, it's going to be tough. I know. I really wanted to pick a few others, but like you said, they're not smart, and I don't want to... You don't want to dig I don't want to set hole. myself further back now, yeah, so... And you should have taken UAB. That was a room for, uh, for one I point. I can't pick against Tulane. <laughs> I can't do it. No, wait, we've got two, diff we got two different. I'm sorry, you took TCU. I did. I took TCU and, and uh, I took was that, and you took Navy. Navy. Yeah, that's already kind of a, a ballsy play. It was, but... it was a guess. Yeah. It was a shot in the we'll dark see. that Navy would have some things figured out. Uh but no, yeah. hey, it's all good. You know, we will, you know, 
We'll figure it out we'll this see. week. I think I think these are going to be some good games. So I think there's some exciting. Yeah, I'm excited here. You know, the last real week of out of you still have out of conference games sprinkled in after this, but this is like the last week where most games are out of conference. So that's pretty exciting. We love that. All right. Uh, do you got anything else for anyone? Uh, no, that's about it. Awesome. Uh, you can find me at Dan underscore Morrison ninety six, and they can find you at Emilnem E M I L N E M. I can pronounce Kenya Matalolo. I cannot pronounce that. Emilem. It's like M- it's like Eminem, but with Emily. Can't, can't do it. You can. You will work on it. No, can't do it. I refuse to try. <laughs> Great. All right. All right. We're off. That's the best way to end this. I think. Yep. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs>